Together Vegans, Episode 1 Why We Became Vegans. Welcome to the Together Vegans podcast with your hosts, Phil and Lisa Marie Olson, sharing an honest account of our journey into veganism and plant based life. Well, we made the transition into veganism tentatively, having been contemplating it for around 12 months. And I remember talking to Phil about changing our diet for quite some time, and we'd had lots of discussions about it. And bizarrely, I had gone off chicken. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I don't know why I'd gone off chicken, but I just couldn't eat chicken. To this day, I've no idea why I'd just completely gone off chicken. So we were looking for not necessarily going into veganism or vegetarianism, but just trying to find a much more focused diet, one that focused on nutrition and health. Not that we were eating badly, but we wanted to do better. And for me in particular, I have a very strong family history of heart disease, diabetes, thyroid issues, cholesterol issues, And I personally have a condition called hyperparathyroidism, which is a very long and complicated disease to explain on this episode. But due to all of that, with my own family history and Phil's family history, which he'll probably share with you in a moment, we thought there's got to be a better way to eat. So we decided to speak to Phil's sister, didn't we? Yeah, so she's been vegetarian and vegan for quite a few years. And we tried every diet and, and f- not food fads, but we tried all the, the whole foods. We tried the Helmsley and Helmsley thing, which was around using chicken livers and bone broth and, and all that sort of thing. And not just from a health point of view, but for me, from a weight point of view, we needed something that would help with that journey. And Beth, my sister, I've been vegan for quite a few years previously, so we went to her for some advice. Yeah, that's right. And of course, not forgetting that she'd been vegetarian since she was about 15, was she? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think it was about 15. So she'd already been for, for many, many, many years, decades in fact, very, very conscious about what she was eating and animal welfare. So that set us on a good start and and she suggested we go vegetarian first try vegetarian it was a good stepping stone to going vegan and it wouldn't be so daunting or confronting so I'm gonna ask you Phil how did you find the vegetarianism how did that work for you or or didn't work for you well vegetarianism didn't really work for me because I was in a lot of driving at the time with work spending sort of five to six hours on the road a day and all my trigger foods all my comfort foods turned out to be vegetarian already so it was the pasties it was the cakes chocolate all of those that i'd automatically grab if i was stopping for petrol were all vegetarian and it was very easy for me to move from not eating meat and still having cheese and eggs and still eating unhealthily so it just didn't work for me but then we we had long discussions about this, about how mm-hmm. it would be too difficult for us to go vegan. At the time, we, we just thought, it's too much. We used the words, we could never go vegan. And we both said that. And now look at us. Yeah. <laughs> Five years on, 
Well, it started when we watched the documentary What the Health, which was diet-focused around the links between the animal food industry, the meat and the egg and dairy industry, and the links with diabetes, cancer, etc. So those links. And that really, I suppose, just especially for you, was Mm. the the final straw. It it was. I hadn't made the connection between certain animal products and heart disease and diabetes and cancer, all of which we've had, I'm sad to say, in abundance in our family. And, you know, sadly, we've (laughs) we've lost quite a few people along the way due to hereditary and genetic familial conditions. So... Once I understood that, for me, it made sense to go for a more plant-based diet, to go vegan and take all of those links out in a bid to become fueled with better nutrition. Yeah, and I think initially we said, oh, we'll go, you know, we'll turn vegan or we'll just eat a vegan diet Monday to Friday and ease our way in. So Monday to Friday that to go with the vegan food, and then weekends we'd stick to vegetarian and in the end we just we were going on a family holiday and we just said no that's it from this moment bang that's it we're vegan that's right and it might be a good idea to point out at this point that the family holiday we were going on was also with your sister beth who was vegan and the rest of her family were vegetarian so it's at that point when we were on that family holiday we said right let's just rip the band-aid off and let's do it but i think we did that because we had beth there and we knew we could ask questions we could get guidance from beth and it's it was so much easier doing a week of a family holiday that was vegan with somebody who's already been established as a vegan for several years. So I think that was a good decision to make and that helped get us, you know, sort of catapulted, if if you like, onto the vegan living. Yeah, and and she was helping as well with making the meals. So we usually take it in turns to make meals on family holidays and, and we did take it in turns, but with input from Beth on good vegan meals to prepare so as you say that did help us ease in it did and there was lots of advice on making sure you added your protein and you made sure that you'd got your calcium and vitamin d fortified milk alternatives and lots and lots of other highly valuable nutritious advice so that for me i think was invaluable in terms of helping us progress yeah and i think it's And from there, we went from, or for me personally, went from going vegan from a purely health point of view, that as we researched more recipes and researched what was vegan, what wasn't, and started opening ourselves up to the animal welfare, the animal cruelty, the environmental impacts, for me personally, it moved quite quickly from being all about health to about 80% ethical and about 20% health, which for me, if it had been all about health, I would have given up ages ago. But now it's set in my mind and I'm looked back. No, and I think it's great that you've shared that because it's not easy following a vegan lifestyle and a vegan diet. And the fact that you are being so honest about your trigger points with food 
and that there had to be another form of motivation other than health and weight is commendable. So I think going forward, hopefully that will help a lot of people. Yeah, I think I've always struggled with weight, comfort eating, etc., etc. And I'm not saying that being vegan is the cure for that because now there are thousands of vegan products that all the different companies are producing that aren't particularly healthy. Everyone's getting in on it and you can lead a very unhealthy life being vegan. Yeah, you absolutely can. And we were very aware of that as more and more products came in. And and yes, of course, we've tried them and obviously we'll share our trials and tribulations over new vegan products as we go throughout the episodes. But the key there is, is that it's very easy to be vegan these days, unhealthily so. So what we decided to do was we decided to go right back to basics and pare it down and start looking at much more natural forms of nutrition. And so cooking more, batch cooking and getting organised with your food so that you don't, it, it reduces that temptation then to go, oh, I'll just grab that pizza, that vegan pizza from the frozen Nile. And I think that's that's the only way you, you can. I'm not saying you shouldn't have those treats. We all crave a, a treat. We all need to be kind to ourselves and indulge in something that we really enjoy eating. But I think the premise should be that if you can cook as much from scratch, then that's going to reduce your temptation to comfort eat. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we want to get out of this podcast is sharing that it's not easy. Some people find it easy. Some people find it, you know, a breeze. We have the added complication of of you being wheat free. Yes, that's right. So I'm not a celiac. I haven't been diagnosed with celiac disease. I have been tested for celiac disease and I don't have celiac disease. What I do have is a high sensitivity to wheat. Some people call it an allergy. Some people call it an intolerance. I'm not going to split hairs as to whether it's an an allergy or an intolerance, but I am highly sensitive to it. And I have tried over the years to wean myself, for want of a better word, back onto wheat, but I've had very, very little success. For some reason, my gut microbiome and wheat just don't seem to get on even years on being vegan, still still have some insensitivity to it. Yeah, and I think that's that's something that we're going to cover over the episodes. Another thing is the sort of myths around vegans and veganism. We'll be looking at what's true, what we can validate, and what we can dispel that we haven't personally experienced. So, for example, neither of us got the massive energy boost that is often touted about when you turn vegan. We never got that. No, we didn't. And I do wonder whether that's because we weren't eating, or certainly I wasn't eating particularly unhealthy at the time we decided to transition into veganism. I always made sure that no matter what else you may have been eating, that we had plenty of nutritious food wherever possible. So I think... For us, I think that's probably one of the reasons we didn't get that energy boost. But I also think there might be 
other underlying reasons why we didn't get that energy boost, such as underactive thyroid or other familial tendencies that might sort of inhibit that sort of boost of energy that lots and lots of people we seem to hear about getting. Yeah, and we're also going to talk about things that we miss. Eating out is difficult, especially finding places not just that have vegan options, but mm. vegan gluten-free. There's things that we still miss. So I quite often miss eggs. I can't remember what an egg tastes like. It's five years ago. I can't remember what an egg tastes like. But the thought of, say, a fried egg sandwich just makes me drool a bit. And you really miss cheese. I do, yeah. So when we were non-vegan, we're like any any other vegan. We have our vices, our comfort foods, our our must-have go-to foods. And yes, yours was eggs, mine was cheese. And in all fairness, the cheeses are getting so much better now and we have found some really, really good ones. And that's another thing that we want to discuss, our, our finds. We want to discuss all types of food, both exceptionally nutritious and those go-to comfort foods that we allow ourselves to treat ourselves to perhaps of a weekend and trying to explain to non-vegans who struggle with the idea that some vegans actually like the taste of meat and want meat alternatives to replace that and the reasons why we like them and why we go to those as a treat sometimes and that's a whole topic and debate in itself should we be looking at meat lookalikes and meat tasting plant alternatives that taste like meat as we remember them it's been that long now i don't think i can honestly remember exactly how things tasted but it is a debate and it's it's those sorts of topics that we want to cover on the, on the show as well and certainly going back to what you were saying about the wheat, I would love to get a campaign going to raise awareness about being vegan and wheat-free or vegan and gluten-free because there's a big movement now. There's lots of groups on Facebook. Gluten-free vegans, for example, is one that I can think of. And so there are many, many, many more people who have these sensitivities or conditions, diseases, such as celiac disease, that do want to go vegan and do want to have a plant-based life, but are really struggling it because when you go out, as Phil said, when you go out to a restaurant, yes, very, very often you will get a vegan option. And if you're very lucky, you might get three or four vegan options. But very rarely do you get a vegan and gluten-free or wheat-free option. And when you do, it's usually only one choice on the menu. So I think we'd just like to try and raise that awareness and maybe reach out to some restaurants and companies to start raising that awareness. And the main thing is, as Lisa's already said, we want to be open and honest. It's not an easy thing. We haven't found it easy, but it's something that we have found very fulfilling. We certainly feel better mentally for it, mm. for becoming vegan. Certainly better from a health point of view compared to the quite a lot of the processed things that we were having previously. And as the documentary, What the Health pointed out, the amount of antibiotics and the amount of drug that are used in farming for those animals and that make their way into our bodies mm. through the ingestion of meats or milk or fish or, or whatever so it's about sharing that and hopefully helping other people with their journey absolutely and i think you know 
the documentary What the Health to me was just such an epiphany and an eye opener. I just cannot convey enough how much that was sort of a penny drop moment for me when I understood the link between our familial problems and consuming animal products. It's just like a light switch for me. So in closing this episode, we'd like you to continue sharing our journey as we become together vegans. And we'll see you next time. And for more information in the meantime, please visit togethervegans.co.uk. 